Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share our first home birth story. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over 13 years. And so far we have five children under eight. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over nine years through blogging, social media, and writing over 10 books. With a desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, Marriage After God. Season uh, four. We're on season four. Yeah, this is this is crazy. Awesome. We've had uh, <laughs> a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, but we're back for season four. Uh, so if you're tuning in, uh, welcome. If this is your first time, um, we're so glad that you're here listening to the Marriage After God podcast. We pray that it's an encouragement to you and a blessing. Um, but if you've been listening for a long time, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, we're so excited to have you here. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Uh, and we're recording this in our garage as usual and it's still lockdown season. And I know that, uh, that's a little interesting for everyone. It's interesting for us. Jennifer, have you had any thoughts about, uh, this season we're in with lockdown, COVID-19, uh, pandemic, uh, unprecedented times? Yeah. I mean, I, I've had some thoughts about it. Um, I think what's, uh, what's been really a blessing uh, is that we've been in postpartum season. So mm-hmm. we had our baby. And so we would have been kind of having a low key life anyways, right now, um, just with me yeah. resting, you know, nursing is always usually an issue with our kids. Um, baby Edith had a uh, tongue tie like several other of our children. And so the first couple of weeks was just basically me and her mm-hmm. figuring that out. And so I do feel like though we, we started self-quarantine earlier yeah. because we were leading up to having the baby and then all of this stuff happened right around the same time as us having the baby. Yeah. I would say this, we had a really good distraction from what was happening in the right. world. <laughs> um, and so now we're kind of like, you know, coming up out of that. Um, we just hit the six week mark, um, having, after having the baby and, um, you know, I just, I, I think the most important thing has been for for me has been to communicate with you in navigating this pandemic and and you know what the world looks like these mm-hmm. days, um, and it gives me um, peace being able to talk to you. It gives me a bit of relief and just yeah. knowing that you know I can share my thoughts, my concerns, my whatever that I'm going through with you. Um, what would you say? Well, same. Yeah. We've been, we've been having a lot of conversations about it and, um, we've also had a lot of conversations with our kids. It's kind yeah. of hard to like hide it from them because no, we're like, why I... can't we hang out with our friends? Why can't we go out? And we're like, well, uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Yeah. Here's what's going on. And as an encouragement to parents, I think it's so important that we, uh, really understand that our kids lean on us for, um, you know, security and support, especially in times like these. So when they have these big questions, we should be answering them. Um, if if they see us being able to have peace and hope and joy amidst 
the chaos. Um, mm-hmm. It will give them guidance on how they can respond um, in times like these. If if we if they sense in us fear and anxiety over the situation, then that could also influence yeah. them. Um, so I think as parents, I think it's really cool to see that God has given us an opportunity with our kids to help them navigate this whole thing. And I think it's um, it's good for us to engage in conversation with them. It doesn't mean we have to explain everything, especially we can keep it right. age appropriate, but just being able to willing to have conversations with them well, about and, it. And also being honest with them and letting them know that sometimes we don't, like, we don't have the answers. Yeah. Like we don't know the per- appropriate way to respond to all this. We don't yeah. know exactly how this is going to turn out. We don't know. Like we, we just, there's a lot of answers we don't have. And then we tell them, mm-hmm. but our trust and our hope is in God. And so it's a, right. another opportunity to point them back to God and, and encourage their hearts um, to be able to trust God. And, and I don't know, just to be able to move forward still in life and know that he has us. Yeah. And it's also been good to, uh, I feel like in America we have a lot of comforts mm-hmm. and this has shown us how dependent we might be on some comforts and um, also brought us to a point that one of the other benefits to this is, Reminding us of our need for Christ, mm-hmm. our need for his peace, his, um, you know, satisfaction, being satisfied mm-hmm. in him alone. Uh, so one thing we've been trying to encourage our children is whether we catch it or not, whether we are always healthy, but like we, we don't know how this is going to turn mm-hmm. out. We encourage them to know that God is good. Mm-hmm. God has us. He knows his plans for us and that uh, we're, we can't control all of those things. But what we can do is look to God mm-hmm. who's in control. Yeah. Yeah, um, Aaron, you brought up, you know, comforts and especially living here in America. Um, however, th- this whole thing has also um, allowed us to see how people might be struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so you use the word comfort, but I also want to just make mention that there's a lot of people who've been greatly impacted by this whole thing in a negative way, um, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. So I don't know if you want to speak to that. Well, yeah, we know that there's millions and millions of people that have lost their jobs. Some might not get them back. Um, and so our hearts break for that situation. Um, and we know that there's people that are sick. We know that there's people that are that have other issues going on mm-hmm. that are not COVID-19 related mm-hmm. and are having a hard time dealing with that. There's, there's mental issues. There's abuse. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. going on in this world that are being exasperated by this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so as Christians, I think yeah. that we need to remember all of that, that, especially if maybe we're in a different situation. And, but no matter what, our heart should be to be in prayer for, for mm-hmm. everyone who's been impacted by it. Well, and also being asking, asking the Lord how we can be used. Yeah. Cause like we're we his might body. Know, we might know someone that mm-hmm. needs some love, some reaching out, some, some help. Mm-hmm. And so we should be aware of that and ready mm-hmm. for that. Um, and we should be praying for each other, praying for those that are going through hard situations and our prayers should not just be God make their situation better or even God, you know, let us go just back to normal. Right. Because that, that's a, a a thing that I have is like, Hey, can we just go back to normal? Our kids keep praying like God, make this go away. You know, they, they, they miss normal normalcy. Um, but our prayer should be that hearts are softened. Hearts are turned towards the Lord, that people are brought back to the Lord, mm-hmm. that people that don't know the Lord find him, um, that uh, families are healed and mended, that like th- these deeper things that mm-hmm. even if the body is broken, the spirit can be made whole. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yes, we should be praying for healing. Yes, it's good to pray for, um, you know, being taken care of financially and being mm-hmm. taken care of in these ways. Um, but right now, uh, this this is the time when, man, the spirit of God catches hold of people. Yeah. And so we should be praying that hearts are ready to receive hearts mm-hmm. are open to um, hear the word of God are being watered and seeds are being planted. And uh, that's a, I mean, I don't know I, more than anything. I want people to be saved in this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. for eternity, not just for the season. Mm-hmm. So do you have any last thoughts on, on, I mean, there's going to be lots of thoughts on. COVID-19, I know, but. I know we could probably do a whole episode on it. Um, two things. The first thing I was just thinking, you know, if, if people are listening to this episode, um, you know, in the future, right? So like going yeah, after, back, the, after the fact, yeah. after all this ha- has kind of settled down a bit, I just wonder what their thoughts That's would be. Interesting, yeah. Like just re- being reminded of this time. Mm. Um, and then my, my other thought was just an encouragement. And it's just for husbands and wives. Um, 
It's an encouragement to be communicating with each other because no matter what your situation looks like right now, you have someone right next to Mm -hmm. you who's going through it with you. And sometimes, I don't know if you know, those listening are like me, but sometimes I get caught up in my head where I'm having conversations in my Mm -hmm. head, even with you, Aaron, and I'm like answering for you. But I, then I realize I haven't actually talked to you in a couple days about how I'm feeling or about what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, so my encouragement is, um, especially in times like these that we are open and transparent and vulnerable specifically with each other. Yeah. I was also thinking, uh, we are friends and families. Mm -hmm. Um, not being afraid to just come straight out and say, Hey, how are you dealing with all this? Hey, how's your heart? Are you going through any sort of depression? Yeah. Is there any fears that you're like, that yeah, are, are you just okay? hidden inside your heart yeah. and just asking so that they can be maybe brought out of that mm-hmm. darkness, maybe brought out of their shell mm-hmm. uh, and, and not be afraid to ask those questions. Cause I, I would imagine there's a lot of people mm-hmm. dealing with hidden fears and anxieties right now. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you don't know how to answer them. It's okay if, if you know, the, the greatest thing you can even say is oh, I'm going to be praying for you or just stop and pray for them right then and there. Oh, yeah. um, but I think it was important that we just spend a little bit of time on that since this is such a mm-hmm. huge thing going on in our lives right now. Um, and our hearts, you know, go out to everyone. Um, and we know this, this is just mm-hmm. crazy, but God is good. Like you said, and God's not surprised by any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to bring up a verse. James one twelve says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, over and over again, the New Testament speaks of steadfastness and continuing on and standing strong and standing firm. And uh, I just want to encourage everyone, um, you believers out there, that we need to stand strong in the, in the word of God. And we need to remember who's got us, mm-hmm. whose hand upholds us, who's, um, uh, who guides our steps and makes our paths and, you know, brings light into our life and it's God. And, um, and so we need to put our strength, our hope and strengths in him Mm -hmm. because they're not in, our hopes are not in the government. They're not in uh, a vaccine. They're not in treatments. They're not in the, you know, it just going away or, um, like those things are going to come and things happen, but we can't control any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. We just can't. And if we put our hope in those things, that our hope's going to fail. So let's put our hope in the only thing that's consistent, the only one that is a firm foundation, and it's God and his word. Um, and let's look to him for wisdom and guidance on how, as believers, we are to approach this thing <laughs> that's going on. Because he's the only, James also says, if you lack wisdom, ask. Mm-hmm. And we will be given wisdom as long as we do not doubt. And so let's ask him for wisdom. I, I need wisdom. We've been talking a lot about mm-hmm. this. Man, like... We, how do we deal with all of these things? Um, and we definitely don't do, deal with it in fear, but we don't deal with it on our own strengths, our own wisdom. We lean not on our own understanding, but on every word on, on God's wisdom. So that's what I just want to encourage everyone with is remain steadfast in these trials. And let's look to God for our answers and our hope and for our courage and our wisdom and our peace. Oh, most importantly, our peace. <laughs> right. So, um, that was just a, a bit of a encouraging word for everyone. We need it ourselves. We need to remind it ourselves, but, uh, I just want to invite everyone to, if you have children or if you're thinking about have, having children or if you're pregnant, uh, we have something that we've created for you. It's a free resource and it's called the parenting prayer challenge. Uh, you can go to parentingprayerchallenge.com, all one word, and it's completely free to sign up and we will send you over the next 31 days uh, email with something to pray for and a reminder to pray for it. And it's pretty awesome. We've had almost a thousand people sign up for it and we would love for you to take advantage of it. We created it just for you. Uh, and man, it's a, it's an awesome thing. And it reminds us as parents to pray for our children. Mm -hmm. And there's awesome prompts in there to pray for all these different areas of your child's life. Um, so yeah, we just, it's parentingprayerchallenge.com. It's totally free and, uh, become part of the people that are going through that challenge. All right, so today's topic is our first home birth story. Now, it's not our first birth story. Obviously, if you've followed us for any amount of time, this was baby number five, and uh, it's just kind of an interesting story, and we're, we're excited to share it with you guys. Um, What's other- more interesting is that we actually fit every one of our kids 
and us inside of our Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> it's tightly, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's tight, but that was just a fun little adventure that we figured Aaron out. Aaron was surprised by that. <laughs> I was a little surprised. Yeah, with, it's it, they would fit without car seats, but the trick is, is we have we have five car seats. We have actually we have four car seats, four and, car seats and, and two boosters, or is it three car? Oh, three car seats, two boosters. Right. And just the way it's all arranged, we we barely <laughs> fit. It'd be a lot better once some of them are out of their boosters. Right. That'll make a big difference. But okay. Sorry, keep that's going. That's okay. <laughs> um, thanks for sharing. Um, so the first four births were um, done in the hospital, and we were happy with those experiences. And we uh, had the same, um, what's it called? It's not a goal. <laughs> same uh, uh, birth plan. Yeah, our plan was uh, we've loved having children in the hospital. We actually really love our, our local hospital here. In yeah, Bend. the food is so good. Yeah, and, and, and when the, the rooms are just really the people private are so nice. and quiet. And it's been good. Um, so we weren't, we're not opposed to hospital births by any no, means. No, we, we had that plan, um, held in our hands, uh, my whole pregnancy really. And, um, the Lord changed that at the finish line. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> so much. Like, yeah. Um, and so it was our first home birth and I, I gotta be honest, I, I was nervous, um, even in the past, I've been nervous to even consider a home birth, even though I, I know people and I've, you know, followed people online that have had them. Um, and I, even though your your pregnancies and labors have all been considerably, uh, yeah, like easy, well, not, not easy in, I mean, easy is a funny word, uh, uh safe, I should say. Yes. Not, 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 uh, emergency yeah, or no, anything nothing, like that. Nothing, you haven't had any big emergencies. It's right. like, it just, it goes as planned. Yeah. Usually. Um, so anyways, um, I don't know. We, we just, we, we held our, our birth plan loosely as we believe, um, people should. And we submitted to the Lord and, um, really the, the last trimester is when all of the world started falling apart <laughs> with the pandemic. Um, and m even more so in the last few weeks of my pregnancy, yeah. um, protocols at the hospital started changing, um, they started limiting the number of people that could be yep. in the rooms. We started seeing a lot more articles online being shown stories of that happening. And um, I came home from one of my last appointments and I was sharing with Aaron these changes that had just been made and we were about to have our baby. And I, there was a part of me that, you know, just was wondering what, what is it, what is the hospital yeah. experience going to be like? And we we're just sharing some of our thoughts with each other. And, well, and, and we also, uh, because a big part of this conversation is what was going on in the world. It wasn't just like whether or not we wanted to ho have a home birth. It was, what is our, what does this situation look like for us mm -hmm. amidst all of like the, the virus mm -hmm. that's going around? Yeah. And so we were, we were discussing this and I, I just wanted to let everyone know that our number one discussion was, are we afraid? Right. Are we going to be in fear? Are we going to make decisions mm -hmm. or are we going to be going into this with any anxieties? Because th those are realities like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we got to go to like the hospital, which is where everyone goes that has, you know, that gets, you know, the virus. Um, so that was a, a part of this conversation was yeah. we are not going to be afraid regardless, like whether we are going to be exposed or not. Mm -hmm. We want to have no fear. Mm -hmm. We want to trust the Lord because he does know totally. what's going on. So. Yeah. And, and also, so everyone knows Aaron has been, um, an advocate for home birth, um, for, for several, several of my pregnancies. You, you would ask me like, Hey, are you interested this time? I've been pushing for a while, but you've always <laughs> been supportive too of, of what we've decided together. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you, when I came home from that appointment, I shared everything with you and you suggested it again. You're like, what about a home birth? And I'm like, I kind of laughed about it. I was like, no, no, no. Like it, I'm too far in my pregnancy. That, that's crazy talk. I would have to adjust mentally. And it just and seemed. And I wouldn't even be able to get a midwife. Yeah, how, they, how is this going to work? It wouldn't even work. Don't it seemed it. impossible. Yeah. And you were so hopeful. And you're like, why don't you just call them and just see what's going on? Because maybe they've talked to other people about this. And so mm -hmm. I made the phone call and no one answered. And I said, see, okay, so we're not doing and that. Did I ask you, I said, did you leave a message? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so by the end of that day, I had been praying and it had been on my heart uh, just to consider both a, a, a hospital birth or a home birth. And the Lord gave me so much peace and I was okay with either one. Mm -hmm. and, I remember being and the same, yeah. So when I sh when I said earlier about having an open hand, you know, having my birth plan in an open hand and open heart, it was this peace that I had that was like no matter 
what happens or, or how I give birth, it's the Lord's. I actually remember, I think it was a, I don't know the exact day, but it was about a week before this. You posted a, a picture of the kids or something on Instagram and you wrote this beautiful thing saying, Hey, here's my, my birth plan. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to do this. And, and you said, but open-handed, of course. Oh yeah. It was an Insta right? story and it was right oh, at the it was bottom. An Insta story. <laughs> and it said, but open-handed, of course. And you had this whole idea and it was before everything started getting really crazy yeah. news wise. Yeah. Um, but I remember you got a, uh, someone messaged you and said, please don't have it at the hospital because yeah. they were so concerned. They're yeah. like, that's, that's where you shouldn't be. And they were, it was so loving and so concerned. And we were, th- and we saw that and we're like, huh, but we didn't like talk about it. I didn't think about it. Um, but looking back on it, I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. It was like open-handed. Someone was like encouraging you <laughs> in that direction. But yeah. Um, so anyways, we were praying about it, mm-hmm. but we hadn't heard back from the midwife and until the next morning, give me some questions. And I think they were just being really nice given the the situation of, you know, what, what was happening in mm-hmm. um, our world and our, and our state. Um, but because I had established care throughout my pregnancy, I didn't have any, um, there was no flags. There was, yeah, there was yeah. no red flags. There, there was no problems or issues that I had throughout my pregnancy. Um, my past pregnancies have been healthy and my labors have been fine and I haven't needed interventions or anything like that. And so they said yes. And they were willing to meet with me that day. Which they said they never do. But it just felt they were willing to do this in this season for you. Yeah. It just felt like an impossible situation that God just said, here, this is what I want you to walk through. Mm. And I got off the phone almost in tears because I then I had to tell Aaron that it was a go. And I was <laughs> I was like, OK, but like, I, yeah, this is I didn't know. I was speechless, really. Mm. Um, I don't know how to explain that. Did feeling. you want to not tell me? No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Um, but I and there was a part of me that was really excited. Like I have never done a home birth before. Like how cool that mm. I get to do this now. And then my next immediate thought was, oh, my gosh, are we prepared for this? Because I didn't know I hadn't been researching, you know, about what to have for a home birth. Um, so that the next cool I know thing it is a little weird to think about like, what am I supposed, am I supposed to have anything? Yeah. yeah. So the other cool thing is that we didn't really need much. I felt like, um, what I had like in my hospital bag and things at home already, we were prepared for. There was just a couple other things that you went out to get like an extra set of sheets and, I don't some pillows or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I don't remember. Well, the, the midwife gave you a list of things, mm-hmm. and we had like 90% th- of the things on the list already. Yeah, and so they provided There was only a, a few things, things I, I had to get. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Then I had to wrap my head around it mentally, and that just took prayer and me submitting it to God and saying, okay, Lord, help me transition. Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned a, a little bit ago that um, I've, I've tried, I've been a proponent for home births, mm-hmm. and, you, and you said, you know, no, and I was, I was okay with doing hospital births, but... Um, I remember you, you saying like, I, I'll, I'll do it when I have to. Yeah. Like if something's going to push me to do it, then I will. Like I'm and, not opposed to it. I just, I'm not ready for that. And yet. so I was like, maybe this is the thing making you have to do it. <laughs> it was like, but it was perfect. Cause it was yeah. what you had committed to in your heart was like, well, when I have to, I will. Yeah. And this was kind of one of those situations where it was like, yeah. we didn't have to, we, it probably would have been totally fine, but we had the opportunity and. Well, and that's the thing is at the end of that day, um, I, I just knew I had peace that, or, or I'm sorry, the, the day before I knew that, um, God would help us through no matter what we chose, whether mm-hmm. it was home birth or hospital. And I, I had so much peace about it. And I think that's why getting off the phone with the midwife, I was, I was excited and okay. And yet nervous about it, but of course, yeah. it was, it was so neat that God provided a way for that. Um, and so we started preparing for that. We started telling the kids. We were cleaning the house. We were making a way for that to, to take place. And um, it was just a really exciting time for, for our family, a very short time. Yeah. Uh, the, the week prior, was what, maybe five days before we had the baby, um, I took the, we have a chalkboard in our kitchen. And I, um, I did a little game with the kids and I said, I want, so who, what day do you think mommy's going to have the baby? <laughs> and we started doing this voting and I would put down like, do you think it's going to be Monday? And it was like, um, leading up to the yeah. the due date. And, uh, so everyone put their little, you know, dates down, even Truett voted. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm just bringing this up because me and Elliot were right. <laughs> and so, um, we, we actually voted for the due date, 
which was uh, the 20th. I actually remember coming out and you t- explaining this whole thing to me and Elliot looking up at me going, Mom, the reason I chose your due date is because you haven't had a baby on your due date yet. <laughs> and he just thought that would be so cool. Yeah, and and that's why we actually voted that because I, I feel like all the babies have been either right before or right after and I, it wasn't like yeah. Wyatt way well, after. <laughs> uh, yeah, Elliot, our first, and Truett, our fourth, were both due or were both born a day before their due date. Olive was three days past, and Wyatt was eight days past. Yeah, he was a big baby. Uh, but so we, we voted for the 20th, um, which is pretty cool because you were you were having, like on the 19th, I remember you were kind of having some contractions, but it didn't like go anywhere. Um, and then the 20th, when, when did they start? Um, so I didn't have any, like I wasn't feeling any contractions the day before, but I just felt like, it was going to happen soon. Like I could just tell my body right, was getting yeah. ready, but, um, contractions started at about one thirty in the morning, um, on her due date. Oh, that's what it, that, okay. It was, in, it was one thirty in the morning. That's yeah. what it was. It, and they, yeah. they started and they were pretty, pretty close together. I mean, seven, eight minutes apart, um, pretty consistently for a few hours. And then I, we got disrupted. <laughs> um, true. woke up, which he never does with a oh, yeah. huge explosion, Poop, poop explosion. Pretty, um, I'm trying to keep it clean here. Bad. It was horrible. <laughs> it was all over his bed. It was all over him. I I've had never like, had an experience. Like with having five kids now, I've never had an experience like this. So to be contracting and have that, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know. Um, what time was that? That was, was like five o'clock in the morning. It was early. And yeah. I, so I'm up like, we're putting him in the bath and there's like poop everywhere. It was like so <laughs> gross. So I told Aaron, you go lay in bed with him. And since I'm up anyways, I'll do the laundry and yeah, we couldn't put him back in his bed. It was yeah. like a war zone. It was crazy. So now that you guys are all grossed out, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like that just distracted my mind and body, or maybe that's just the way it was supposed to be. But, um, contractions kind of slowed down and were more sporadic. So it was like 11 to 15 minutes apart for a long time. Um, I mean, hours. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a cute story, another cute story about Truett. This one's cleaner. <laughs> um, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I came out of the bedroom and Aaron had been hanging out with the kids and you left to go to the bathroom or something. And I started contracting. I had a big contraction. And so I threw two pillows down on the living room floor and I was kneeling in front of them because I was going to kind of try and either lay down or hold them. And Truett comes up and lays down on the pillows, looking up at me. And I'm just like on my hands and knees looking down at him, but I'm like trying to breathe through this contraction and he's just smiling. It was, it was like a little redemptive moment for us, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was sweet. Uh, so I labored all day at home and, um, and, uh, what, one cool thing that I wanted to share with you guys is, um, the night before I went into labor, I was doing a little bit of research and just reading people's home birth stories that they've shared on their blogs. And I can't remember exactly whose I read, but she said this. She said, um, through every contraction, I used the opportunity to pray for someone else, my husband, my children, um, Mm. friends. And I remembered that as soon as I started contracting and I said, oh, I'm going to do that. I was determined. I was like committed to it, to this idea of prayer throughout each contraction. And it was such a beautiful experience, you guys. Every time a contraction came, I would quickly think of someone who I would want to pray for, my family, um, friends, um, really random things that I, I kind of just like allowed the Lord to bring to my mind in that moment, whatever he wanted me to pray for. And um, so I would pray from the beginning of the contraction um, throughout to the end. And not only was it a good distraction from the pain, but what a cool experience to use um, that opportunity to draw closer to the Lord and to lift up others. Like mm-hmm. it was just, I recommend that for anyone going through labor. It was so beautiful. Um, yeah, it was It was actually beautiful to watch because you told me, you're like, I'm, I'm using contractions to pray. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what was actually even crazier was there was this one contraction that um, I, I was determined to pray for um, kids who during specifically this pandemic and having stay at home orders who have experienced abuse at home. And I had seen something on social media, maybe Facebook about this. Um, and I hadn't thought about it, you know, before then. And so it stood out to me. And so 
uh, the contraction started and I started praying for these kids who are at home and possibly experiencing abuse. And as I was praying, you guys, the contraction started building up and, and becoming more intense and more painful. And it hadn't been like this in all the other contractions. And it lasted the longest. And I just kept praying for these children. And um, by the end of it, I remember telling you, Erin, that I felt like the Lord was showing me like almost like in relation to their pain, how bad my contraction was. It was kind of really interesting, um, but my heart just broke for that. Yeah, I think I remember you you were crying a little bit yeah. in that one. So um, anyways, if, if, if you guys are pregnant or if you um, are going to have a baby and you're thinking about, you know, uh, contracting i don't know just remember this pray use that time to pray for other people it's really cool it's a similar experience to fasting mm-hmm. like the point of fasting is right. when the hunger pains come mm-hmm. on when you when your flesh wants to be fed or to be you know consoled we pray mm-hmm. it's the tr- it's a trigger point to pray um i wanted to um just bring up a verse real quick just talking about this whole experience uh, because we have so many plans in life you know we have this we set in our mind how we want something to happen, how we want something to go. Um, I mean, I don't think it was in anyone's mind that the world was going to change the way it's changing, Mm-mm. but guess what? It changed and things are changing every day. And uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Mm. Um, and so what's awesome, I mean, in this situation, we got to say, okay, Lord, whatever your purpose is, we mm-hmm. want that to stand. Mm-hmm. We'd yet, of course, we have plans. We're going to make plans. Mm-hmm. There's many of them. But are we going to be irritated when our plans get foiled, when our plans don't come true? When we, you know, and, and we, we get blinded to see, like, well, what is God doing? Mm-hmm. Like, God apparently wants something else to be happening right, right. now. That's contrary to my own plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we can say, okay, Lord, like, I, yes, we've made plans, but what we want more is mm-hmm. your purposes mm-hmm. to be, to stand. That's really good. Um, so that's kind of what we saw happening yeah. here. And there's other things that God had in store for this, but I just wanted to point point everyone back to God's purposes. Awesome. So um, as my contractions progressed, um, they got a little bit closer together and, um, but, but nothing really was like showing us that, um, delivery was soon. Okay. So this was probably around nap time. So I remember Aaron coming in the bedroom, um, after he laid the kids down and, uh, he, you just started praying for me and you, you weren't telling God what to do because we don't do that, but you were like, let's get this show on this on the road. I want to meet, meet my daughter. Like you were really excited for things to. Well, and progress. I remember you, you tell me like, you're not, you don't know why it slowed down. You're like, yeah. I feel like we were getting somewhere. Cause we were, it was getting, they were getting closer and closer and closer and consistent. And then it was like, yeah, they just totally like tapered off and slowed down. They were still there, but yeah. And you were just like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's pray about it. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a sporadic day, like a very, like when, when I think about my other four and I even told the mid midwives this, when I first met them that with my other four kids, once contractions started, they would, they don't stop, they don't stop and they just keep going. And then I have the baby and they're generally short labors and, this was not like that. That this was just different, and um, maybe being at home made you much more relaxed. I don't know. Like you? <laughs> I don't know what it what it was, but I do think this um, something that was on my mind, and I remember sharing this with you after you prayed for me, um, was that um, you know I love end times. You know when we think about Christ's return and mm-hmm. and all of that. And there's a verse um, p- people probably know what I'm referring to, but it's in Matthew 24. And, um, you know, one of the disciples asks when the end of the age is going to come and Mm -hmm. Jesus goes off, you know, explaining, um, the wars and rumors of wars and famines and all these things that are hard. Um, and then at, at the very end, he said, all of these are, but the beginning of the birth pains. So they're like contractions. And he points out the the world chaos yeah. as contractions, just yeah. like in labor. Yeah, until which, the delivery of our king, right? Yeah, which start off light and mm-hmm. distant, and they get more and more aggressive and closer together. But sometimes they also slow down, and it's kind of like we get these moments of peace, and everything's great, and everything in the world seems to be going fine, and then you get this really 
big contraction or you get mm-hmm. this really painful one or you get this really long one and you're like, wow, this is not stopping. Um, and so I felt like the Lord kind of gave me this picture with what I was physically in, in experiencing and enduring um, with how sporadic the day was with my contractions and showing him that, a picture mm-hmm. of the world and saying, sometimes it feels like you're about to have that baby and then it slows down and stops and there's this rest period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I want to, I want to expound on that encouragement a little bit because I think as a, as the church at large, it'd be valuable for us to continue to remember that we do have, you know, the Lord is returning mm-hmm. and, uh, and the things that he's shown us in scripture, um, like what we see going on in the world, the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, the, the, the massive earthquakes, the volcanoes, all these things, like everything, like the chaos in the world, they're birth pains. Mm -hmm. And so it could look scary, but for the believer, for the one who has our faith in Christ, we know what's to come. There's a, there's something good coming on the other end. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that in birth, the the woman is in pain, but once the baby comes, she's forgotten the pain. And the Mm -hmm. point is, is of course you don't forget the pain, but the, the thing that you've been waiting for, and going through the pain for is now here. Yeah. I think there's a version in the Bible that says that she's in anguish. Yeah. It's not even just pain. It's like emotional and physical and it's right. draining. So church believers, we we can look at the world and these things that we see going on in the world shouldn't cause um, fear in us. It should bring us hope. And that's what even Jesus says. He says, I, I tell you these things that you might have hope. Mm-hmm. Because when we see these things as the believer, we know what they mean. Just like when I see my wife going through contractions, I don't think, what's happening? Mm-hmm. I think, oh man, the more painful and the more close these get together, mm-hmm. the sooner I'm going to meet my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's painful and it's a struggle and it's a trial, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. And, and we, even know, we even know that. Paul says, I, I know that the, our current struggles are nothing to be compared with the coming glory. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage you believers out there that um, – the Bible, Jesus, and the Bible t- gives us this idea of birth pains for a reason because the example we get in birth of the contraction starting far apart, we get to look at the things going on in the world and say, wow, you know, the more that we see these, the closer they get together, it's, it should turn our eyes up yeah. to look for our Savior. Yep, that's good. So, um, so I feel like right after you prayed over me uh, during that nap time, um, the Lord must have heard because things started picking up Pretty, pretty quick, right pretty quickly. Um, the contractions started getting closer together, more painful, and just really the signs of labor were just all <laughs> converging. Mm-hmm. And um, what was really cool was Olive got Olive was home, and so she got to participate. I remember so many times. Another she, benefit of having the baby at home. Yeah, um, <laughs> our four-year-old little daughter, almost five, uh, was so thrilled to be able to participate in it. And she would, um, I, I would be, you know, on that big. Um, the big bouncing ball mm-hmm. um, through contractions, and she'd be sitting in front of me on on my bed, and she'd reach out and put her hand on my leg and, and she'd like encourage rub your me. Arm she'd rub my arm. She'd, she'd look up at me and she'd go, "Mom, you can do this." Or um, she'd cop, pretty much copy Aaron. Anything that Aaron did, she'd do five minutes later. So she'd say, mm-hmm. "Mom," she'd see a contraction coming. She'd go, "Mom, just breathe." Because I was, and then she'd I breathe remi- with me. Yeah, and then I because I kept reminding you, like, <laughs> breathe, open your mouth, like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was really sweet. There was a handful of times she prayed for me. Um, what was that thing she told you? There was a moment as you got closer and you were just like, you, I think you said, I can't do this. Or I don't think I could do this. That's what it was. I don't think I can do this. And what did she say? She said, I, she said, you could do it, mom. I don't remember. She, it was really powerful. She's like, she's like, you can do it, mom. And actually you have to do it. Yeah. Like it was the baby's coming. Yeah. She's serious. <laughs> she was good. She's so funny, but such an encourager. And, and actually now she, she would love to be a midwife when she grows up <laughs> after oh, uh, realizing what they do. Handling she wasn't like with mamas and babies all day. She wasn't freaked out by any of it. No, she was such, so strong. So, um, so yeah, things started picking up and, um, I knew I was getting closer. So we called the midwife to come check on us and, um, and my friend Angie, who was going to be present at the birth. And uh, another thing that I wanted to share with you guys is one of my desires uh, from the beginning of this pregnancy yeah, was one of the quote unquote plans. I mean, yeah, yeah was um, was to praise my baby out. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but I've heard other phrases of like breathing the baby out or, you know, just letting your body kind of um, push the baby out. But my heart was that I would worship God throughout the whole experience. And I wanted to be like highly aware that I was able to do this during labor and delivery. 
And um, not only did Olive remind me to be singing very loudly because she was doing that. Um, <laughs> we, I, we, doing had, we had a specific playlist that we were playing and um, songs like Waymaker and um, um, I Will Wait For You by Shane and Shane, like just some really great songs. Did you have In Christ Alone on there? In Christ Alone, yeah. it was my anthem throughout pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I just, I played that song every day. I just, I love that song. And it was actually the song she was born to, which I is know, really cool. It came on and then she came. She came. Yeah. <laughs> so cool, you guys. Um, and and also Angie, because I have a really close relationship with her. She knew this was a desire of mine. And um, toward, towards too. the yeah, towards the end specifically, I remember hearing her voice saying, Jen, remember to praise, like remember to mm-hmm. sing, remember to worship. And as hard as it was, because I was giving birth and it's it's hard to even breathe at that time to be able to sing it was like my flesh was like I don't want to do that right now and then I heard the words of the song playing and I would just jump in and start singing it was it was such a cool experience you, I think you were singing it while you were pushing her out like it I was remember like saying a, god you are good god yeah, you are so good yeah, it was uh, pretty powerful and what's <laughs> awesome is um another one of your plans and your heart's desire was to be like ministering and you wanted your, your labor to be a witness and a a blessing to the nurses at the hospital. I was just going to say to the, to the nurses at the hospital, it was one of my prayers throughout the pregnancy. I was praying for their hearts. I was praying for whoever was present at the birth to see God in, in it, whether it was in our relationship and the way we were interacting or Mm -hmm. in the actual birth. But my heart was that God would use this labor and delivery in a purposeful way in the hearts of those who were experiencing it alongside me. Um, But what I didn't know was I had been praying for the nurses and doctors. And then at the last minute we changed to a home birth. But God knew. But God knew who who, was going to be there. Who was going to be there. Yeah. And and I remember that. I mean, you're singing worship songs. You're, you're like, like our, just the way we were interacting was really peaceful, really strong, really calm. Uh, And with our daughter there and just, I, I feel like the whole, experience was very, um, uh, worshipful. Mm-hmm. It was really peaceful, really cool. And I, and I know that it impacted the midwives that were there. I hope so. You know, they, <laughs> they were, first of all, they were awesome. Yeah. They were amazing. Um, really quiet, really calm, uh, like just really in control, but also attentive and attentive. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I remember afterwards one of the midwives was saying, Man, what did she say? Um, we are truly honored oh, to be a part of this. And cool. it, it almost looked like she was going to cry. I don't know if she was mm-hmm. or not, but it looked like they were truly like blessed, if that's anything, cool. by your labor, babe. Like that's you did awesome. such a good job. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, so little Edith joined us at five on the dot. Five o'clock, yeah. 5 p.m. Um, on her due date with bright copper red hair. <laughs> It's so beautiful. Yeah, we're, we're praying really hard right now. And if you want to pray with us, that she keeps that hair. Oh, it's okay. It's just all of our kids are blonde, so I'm assuming it'll change. But it's such a sweet color, especially in the sun. Olive came out with really dark hair. Yeah. Um, Olive it wasn't Olive. as red, but it, it wasn't was... as red. Wyatt came yeah. out with like a... Well, he was bald, and so was Truett. Oh, but, but it, when it grew in, it was a little like red. It's like strawberry was, blonde. Yeah. He's still kind of strawberry blonde. But she is like... We're looking at it right now. It's super. She's super red. She's sleeping. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so anyways, all to say this, you guys, it was a really neat experience to be able to, um, have a peaceful home birth. Um, you know, I, I, I thank the Lord that my past, you know, pregnancies and history was there, they were fine and mm -hmm. there's no interventions or yeah, there's no complications or anything like that. And that the Lord gave me the confidence to, to be able to, say yes to this and that, um, we were able to lean on each other, Aaron, um, to be able to do that. Do you feel like it was what God wanted? I do. I feel like he had a, a plan yeah. from the beginning that he just didn't reveal to me until mm-hmm. the end. Maybe he knew that's what I needed. I don't know. Um, and we have no idea what God's doing in the hearts of those ladies yeah. that were with us yeah. and we need to keep praying for them because mm-hmm. we don't know where they're at. And or just, our daughter. <laughs> or our daughter. Yeah. That, I mean, that I mean, we know what's her going on a path for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's gonna become a midwife, nurse. She had all kinds of questions afterwards, but um, but she just she was thrilled to be able to participate in that way. Um, I know it made her feel super mm-hmm. special. So uh, here's a question: probably all the pregnant ladies are thinking, "Would you do it again?" <laughs> I remember texting a friend that later that night, and uh, 
She goes, so how was it? And I'm like, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we've had it. several people be like, you could do this, you can do this. Because we've had, yeah. we have a lot of friends that have done home births yeah. for almost all their kids, I think. <laughs> um, and so they've been, they were really cheering you on. Yeah. And now they're excited that you're like switched. And we know it's not for everyone. But here, it's, it's also something that I just keep telling myself is it's open. So like, even if we ever had another baby, mm-hmm. I would be okay with having it in the hospital or at home. So it's just really submitting mm-hmm. that to the Lord and saying, what do you want? This is for you. Yeah. So babe, I, um, I know there's probably a lot of women that are um, considering a home birth if they've never had one before. What, how would you encourage someone who's already considering this? Well, for someone that's already considering it, I would just say, again, pray about it and submit it to the Lord. Talk about it with your husband and do what research you need to do. You know, all the questions that you might have surrounding it, um, go, go ask them. You know, ask your friends, ask mm-hmm. your your care providers, whoever's looking after you. Um, but don't be afraid of it. Um, I had a good friend tell me like, having a baby is not an emergency. It, it's it's a natural thing that God built our bodies to do. That's a good encouragement. And we need to be able to trust that God's design works. Now, there's a lot of cases out there where you know, for for whatever reason, um, someone needs to give birth in a hospital or someone needs an intervention, mm-hmm. and that's okay too. So even for someone who's already planning a home birth or um, someone who desires a home birth, even they have to to hold that birth plan loosely in their hands and submit it to the Lord and say, God, what do you want from me? And he, he might even change their plans to be a hospital birth. And I think the greatest thing is to just have peace no matter what that plan is and say, God, it's yours. Yeah. Uh, something I just want to remind everyone also is, and I, if you're not, you haven't caught it yet, um, we talk a lot about how our lives are to be um, ministry. It's not just like we have ministry over here, like, oh, I, I work at this church or I, I have this job over here that's a, some sort of ministry, which no, those are bad. Um, but when we realize that when Christ comes into us, when we have the Holy Spirit, our life now is a ministry being poured out. We're being poured out into the world. We're lights set up on a hill. And so even in our home birth, we are doing ministry. Our, our life and the way we present ourselves and the way we, we react to each other and interact with each other and interact with the midwives and those around us is how the gospel is spread in the world. It's mm-hmm. by our words and our actions. It's not by this thing said over here and that happens once a week or every other week or once a month. It's everything we do. And if, if you're wondering what that looks like, ask God, say, God, how's my life? How is the things that we're pursuing, our labors, our work, our at-home life, our schooling, our, our jobs, our, everything, our hobbies, how are, th- how are we representing you everywhere we are? Because we are the body of Christ. Where we go, Christ goes. And so that's what we, our heart was for this labor. It's what our heart is for this podcast. It's what our heart is for our books, for our home, for our neighborhood. And so if, if you haven't thought that way, our, our prayer and hope is that your mind would be changed and that you would start to realize and recognize that every bit of your life is the Lord's and he desires it to be a offering to him. He desire, he calls us to be living sacrifices. And so uh, that's what's amazing is we can be at home doing a home birth, something that we don't didn't plan, and say, okay, Lord, how are you going to use this for you? What do you want from us? Mm-hmm. How can we participate in what you're doing in the lives of those that are going to be in, here? And also, what are you going to do in us? Because there's a lot that God did in us, mm-hmm. you know, challenging us and changing our minds about things and showing us how to trust him more. So that was um, a little bit about our home birth story, uh, which we think it's God's story, of course, mm-hmm. all of our births. Um, I wouldn't say this this birth was any better than any of the other ones because they all were amazing. Um, I love meeting my children, but I did love a lot doing it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really did too. So uh, husbands out there, um, it was a pretty awesome experience if you if your wife is considering it. Um, just know it's pretty awesome. You're home. It's more comfortable. You're in your bed. Uh, you're, if you have other children, they get to participate and mm-hmm. see how, and, and know what's going on. And, and it was a really cool thing. Anyways. Um, yeah, that was our, our story. Uh, is there any last things you want to like add? I no, I think that we, what we shared was really cool. And I'm, I just want everyone to hear me say that I love you 
and that I'm really proud of you. You're you're really awesome support for me, especially during that time of labor and delivery and managing our other four kids during the whole thing. And just, um, I just really love doing life with you. And I'm excited that the podcast is back up and we're in season four. So I'm excited to, to be doing this with you. Awesome. Well, that was really nice. <laughs> Thank you, babe. I love you too. And ditto okay. all of that. Um, and bonus baby Edith is here <laughs> and she is awesome. She is doing really great. You guys. She's starting to smile and she's, I, I want her to coo a lot more, but she's just barely starting she like, to make coo She like noises. opens her mouth like she's gonna, and, and then you just sit there anything. and wait. She's just doing. <laughs> she teases us. Yeah. No, but she is so sweet. All right. We love you all. Um, I hope that was an encouragement to you and a blessing. Um, we're praying for you. Uh, we pray that God just moves mightily in your marriages and uses you for mighty things for his kingdom, wherever you're at. Um, and during this season of of chaos and craziness, just remember God's our peace and our hope. And he is good. And he is good. Um, and if, and if you have been wavering in your faith in the Lord, I pray that you would just run to him like you've never ran to him before mm -hmm. and that you would surrender everything. He's the only thing worthy of giving your entire life to. Um, and one day we're going to be able to spend eternity with him. One day soon. <laughs> Birth pains. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll just pray through those contractions yeah, as usual. <laughs> Jennifer, will you pray us out? Dear father, you are the giver of life. Thank you for the gift of children. We pray we would have a deep understanding of children and we pray for a strong desire to bless the children in our lives. We pray we would understand our purpose and role in raising children that know you. May our examples of life and marriage and everything show them the way that honors and glorifies you. Lord, we also pray and ask for your peace to be in all of our hearts and in all of our homes, especially when the world seems to be lacking peace. Help us to be confident in trusting you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you all. If you haven't left us a review, uh, would you take a moment and do that today? Those reviews help us um, rank in all the podcast apps, and it also lets people know what the podcast is about and what other people think. Um, if you have left a review, you are awesome. Thank you so much. Don't forget to get the to take the challenge. It's parentingprayerchallenge.com. We talked about it in the beginning of the show. We love you and we'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.